Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Everything you are looking for in life is found in Christ, and He invites you to come. Come and rest. Come and dine. Come and drink. Come and follow. Come and be blessed. Well, good morning. Welcome to Silverdale Baptist Church. It is so good to see all of you here worshiping with us today. I'd like to welcome all of you at our Bonnie Oaks campus, those of you at our North Udawah campus, St. Elmo Creekside, online. I am so thankful you're worshiping with us today. I'm Tony Walliser. I'm one of the pastors here at Silverdale, and today I get the privilege of sharing with you God's Word. So this is what I encourage you to do. Go and take your Bibles and open up the New Testament to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, or you can take your smartphone, open that app to Matthew 11. Also, if you've downloaded the Silverdale app, we provide an outline for you where you can pull that up and follow along and take notes as we study God's Word together. Um, We are in a brand new series called The Invitation. We're looking at these five occasions where Jesus Christ invites us to come to him. Now, have you ever thought about invitations that whenever you're invited, whenever you receive an invitation, that's sort of a privilege. I mean, just like if somebody invites you to a wedding, you go, okay, we know there's limited seating here, so, oh my goodness, I'm invited to this, and, and that means that I, I'm, I'm one of the few special people, right? And, or, you know what, think about, you know, you're invited to a date. Maybe in high school, you're invited to the prom or some special party, or imagine the very first time your spouse invited you out on a date. That was a special moment, Right? Or maybe a friend invites you, you know, to have coffee with them. Or you're invited to a party or some picnic or some concert. Whenever you're invited, right, I mean, you feel a little special. You feel wanted. Well, that's what Jesus Christ does. Five times in the Bible, Jesus extends an invitation to come. And think about this. Jesus is God in the flesh, That means that he knows everything going on in your life. He knows the deepest needs of your heart. And here he is, the person who knows everything, invites you to come. I mean, think about this. Everything you're looking for in life is found in Jesus Christ, and he invites you to come to him. And so we're going to be looking at these five invitations that Jesus Christ gives. And the very first one that we're going to study today is a simple invitation to come and rest. In fact, today we're going to be looking at one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible. It's found in Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to learn how to come and rest. So let's look look at this passage together. Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28. Look at what Jesus says. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I don't know about you. When I read those verses, I'm like, I want a double dose of that, right? I want some rest for my soul. Because, you know, think about it. I mean, we're just exhausted. We just feel overwhelmed. But there's a difference between, you know, being exhausted and being weary. I mean, if you're just sleepy, 
hope I'm not going to put you to sleep today, but if, if you're sleepy, a bed will take care of that. You know, a couple hours and a lazy boy will take care of sleepy. But weary, no, that's whenever your soul is overwhelmed. That whenever you're weary, you can't relax, you're overwhelmed, you, you've lost your peace. Now, I want you to think about this just for a second. Because we live in a society that is presently overwhelmed, right? In fact, let me just, you know, re- recall to your mind just a few months of 2020. 2020's been crazy, right? I mean, first, you know, you get this COVID-19, and then travel shuts down, businesses shut down, the stock market crashes, economies in free fall, everybody's told they have to shelter in place, we can no longer meet in person, even at church, and then as a pastor, I start hearing about people being isolated. You go to the hospital alone, people are dying alone, you go to funerals that aren't allowed, so you're grieving alone, And every night we hear more and more people getting the COVID, more and more people, more deaths. And then as Chattanoogans, what happened? We get hit by the worst tornado in our history. 25% of our congregation was affected by those storms. And if it couldn't get any worse, the New York Times report said, okay, there's these murder hornets that are coming to America. And they're here. And then unemployment hits a record high, 14.7%. People are getting laid off right and left. If that couldn't get worse, then you, you got the tragic murder of George Floyd and other African Americans. And then you got peaceful protests begin, but then next thing you know, it turns into riots. And you start seeing downtowns burning. And then, wow, social media just blows up and people are hating on everybody. And suddenly the rage culture is taking over America. And if that couldn't get bad enough, 1st of July, this huge dust storm from the Sahara hits the United States. Now, folks, that's just four months. I mean, I'm weary just rehearsing that. No wonder the divorce rate and suicide rate has skyrocketed in the last few months. Why? Because people are overwhelmed. They're weary. They're, They're taken back with all the burdens. And so today, how do you find rest when we're weary? Well, Jesus tells us how. And so if you're taking notes, I encourage you to do that. There's three principles that I want you to jot down, three things as we look at this. Number one, first, let's talk about the burdens. Let's talk about the burdens in life. Because there's certain burdens in life that can just zap the life right out of you. Certain burdens that can take the joy away from you. Look again how Jesus puts this in verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. In your Bible, circle the word burden there. Now, I'm going to give you a visual illustration of this. I've used this illustration before, but i got to hear a feed sack. And so this feed sack represents, as a, it's a physical reality that represents a spiritual reality. You've got this in your soul, i got it in mine. you got yours, i got mine. All God's children got a sack that we do what? We carry the burdens in life in. And so we, you can't see my sack, I can't see yours, but you've got it. And what do you do? You carry the burdens in your soul. And so I have here also a bunch of rocks. And these rocks here represent some of the burdens that we endure in life. And you go, like what? Well, we get rocks when we get hurt. Anybody ever been hurt? I mean, what happens? Well, you you get somebody who, you know what, maybe somebody that you look up to and they say something unkind to you, or they tear you down, or they belittle you. I mean, You know, in in elementary school, kids are just cruel, aren't they? They can say the cruelest things. You know, they can make fun of how you talk, how you walk, how you look. You're too big, you're too small, whatever. And it's like shrapnel in your little soul, and it's, you know, it's a rock in your soul. But then, you know, what else? Okay, I need an ugly rock here. 
abuse, right? Maybe somebody that's supposed to look out for you and protect you, what do they do? They abuse you. Maybe it could be physical abuse, could be sexual abuse, could be emotional abuse, and it's a rock in your soul. And, and, but the thing is, we don't just get rocks as kids, you know, we get rocks as adults. Maybe you graduate from college, you got your degree, you send out you know, 100 resumes, you go through 17 interviews, and nobody seems to want you. And what is that? That is like a, another rock in your soul. Or, hey, you fall in love. And you fall in love, and um, you get married, you say, I do, and they say, I do, but then somewhere along the way, they say, I don't. And that rejection, that divorce, man, it's just a huge rock in your soul. Or maybe you're a parent, and you know what? You love your kids, you sacrifice so much for them, you give so much to them, and then suddenly they grow up, and they don't even want you around, they don't even call anymore, and it's just another, you know, a rock. And so what do we do? We, we get these rocks in life, and you've got them, I've got them, all God's children got the rocks, right? And so we get rocks from the hurts of life, but we also get rocks from our striving. You go, striving, what does that mean? We all live under the expectations. We all live under these striving, these, I'm trying hard. I'm really working hard. I'm really trying to do the best I can. And we have these burdens, these expectations in life that just weigh us down. Did you know that that's primarily what Jesus is talking about in this passage? In fact, let me just read another, you know, this passage from the ESV. It's a little bit more literal translation. Look at how it's translated in the ESV. It says this, Jesus says, come to me all who, what? labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You see, what happens is, is that we go through life, and we're trying hard. We're striving. We're working the best that we can, and, the, and they just, we just get weighed down. And in fact, what does Jesus say? He says, you know, take my yoke upon you. Now, you go, what is that all about? Well, I have here another visual, and it is a, it's a yoke. And um, you've probably seen these before. I mean, old farmers, what they would do, they would put an animal's head here, another animal here, and then they would tie this yoke to some burden, and they would be the beast of burden. And what would they do? They would maybe carry a plow or carry, you know, a wagon or something like that. And so take a look at this picture here. Now, those guys, they're they're carrying a heavy burden, aren't they? I mean, look at those cows' faces. Not a lot of joy in those faces. Well, that's what Jesus says. Jesus says, I see the burden you're living under. And I see how weary you're becoming just in just life, right? Now, let me just remind you of the context of what's happening in this passage. Remember, Jesus is talking to the Jews, and they're living under the the legalism of the the, the Pharisees and the scribes, and they're just just burdened down by the law, right? Right? In fact, look at how Jesus describes this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 2. Jesus says this, the scribes and the Pharisees, what do they do? They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. I mean, the people of Israel, they were under the legalism, under the law of the the Pharisees and the scribes, and basically they were saying this, okay, if you want to be pleasing to God, if you want God to love you and and, and, be accepted by God, the way that you come to God is through the law. And people are like, ah, oh, I can't do it. I can't be good enough. Listen, God gave us the law to tell you you can't do it. That's why you need Jesus Christ so much. And so what happens is that, you know, this idea, this yoke of just religion, I've got to somehow, you know, make myself pleasing enough to God. Well, that continued even the early church. 
And so here you have the early Christians, and then you have the Gentiles start getting saved, and they start coming into the church. And what happened? That, that little legalism starts coming back. Look at this. It's, it's rebuked by the, by the apostles. Rebuke this in Acts chapter 15, verse 10. Look what the apostles said to this legalism. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a what? A yoke on the neck of the disciples that, that neither our fathers nor have we been able to bear. But we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, you are not saved through the yoke of the law. You are saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's when you say amen, right? Now, you may go, you know, Pastor Tony, I'm, I, you know, I'm not a legalist. I don't feel like I'm under the yoke of the law. But can I tell you something? It may not be the, lo- the yoke of religion that you live under, but we all live under some yoke. You've got your yoke, I've got my yoke, we all have a yoke that we live under. And every counterfeit yoke that Satan puts into our life has a lie behind it. And what's that lie? Put this on your outline, jot this down. The lie is this, what you do is who you are, what you do is who you are, and your activity determines your identity. Look at it religiously. What, what you do is who you are, and your activity determines your identity. Okay, if religiously, if I'm good, then God will love me. If I'm not good, then God doesn't love me. For me, you know what my yoke is? Expectations of others. Okay, to, if, if Tony does this, and he, and he succeeds in this, or Tony preaches a good message, or leads the church well, you know what, then, you know, everybody will like me, but if I don't, you know, that's a yoke. That's, 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 that's wrong. You know, there, there's other yokes that we have. What may it be? Let me give you some more rocks here. It may be a, uh, a financial yoke. You go, you know, am, am I making enough money? Am I saving enough money? Am I going to have enough money, you know, in retirement? And what is that? That's, a, that's another rock in our soul. Or, you know, maybe relationally. Let me get a big rock for this one. Oh, do I have enough friends? Do I have somebody that's going to love me? Am I going to be good enough for that other person? And the expectations relationally, and the, what's that? That's just another rock that we can have. Physically, it, it's the rock of the mirror, you know? Do I look good enough? Am I, you know, cute enough? Am I pretty enough? Uh, do I wear the nice enough clothes? Do, am I in shape enough? Am I athletic enough? Am I healthy enough? It's just, it's more rocks that we carry around. Did you know the, the American dream can be a rock. Did you know that? Okay, I've, I've got to make this amount of money so that I can live in that neighborhood, so I can drive that car, so I can send my kids to that school, so I can be accepted by people. Do you understand? That is a yoke. That's, that is a rock. And so here we are. We got all these, these rocks. We got all these loads that we're carrying. We got all these yokes. And Jesus sees us and he says, look, I see you. You're wore out, right? We are wore out. And so that is the burden. But now let's talk about this. Jot this on your outline. Not just the burden. Now let's talk about the search. The search. You see, because every one of us, we've got our bag of rocks. We've got our yokes that we're carrying around. We go on a search because we know, this ain't right. I don't like this. I've got to get rid of this. And so what does Jesus do? He sees us with all of our burdens. And what does he say? Look at it again. Verse 28, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, why does Jesus say, come to me? 
Tell you why. Because we have a tendency to go everywhere else. We, we, we're like, okay, okay, I gotta go somewhere to get rid of this, and we never turn to Jesus first. We always turn someplace else. We go, like that old song, we go looking for love in all the wrong places, right? And Satan will give you counterfeit places to turn to all the time. But listen to me, they are just more burdens for your soul. They're just more yokes. So let me just see if I can illustrate it this way. Let's just say I'm just average Joe. So here I am, average Joe, and I got all these, you know, rocks. I got all these burdens that I'm carrying in life. And so where do I go? Well, me, my tendency, work. You know, that, I mean, I'm, I, I, I grew up in the Protestant work ethic. I mean, you, Jesus, I mean, the Bible says, you know what? You don't work, you don't eat, right? And so I, I work hard, you know? If I, can, if I can get up early in the morning, I work hard and go the extra mile and work late and be successful at work and, you know, you know be successful in that way, right? I mean, that's what we're called to do. And again, there's nothing wrong with hard work, folks, but can I tell you something? You do not find rest for your soul at work. People can pat you on the back and you can make it up the corporate ladder, but you will not find rest at work. You won't. And so what do we do? Well, after work, man, I've got to take the edge off of all this burdens and stress because at work I just get more stress, right? And so what do I do? I, I need a drink, right? And that, uh, you know, wh- why do people abuse alcohol? Why do people use drugs? Why do people misuse prescription medication? I'll tell you why, to escape, that's it. And so, hey, you know what? <laughs> I got to get some rid of this, some of this burden and so I'm going to go to happy hour. I mean, any place called happy hour, you're bound to be able to get rid of some rocks, right? And guess what? And for a season of time, you do. You forget all about it. You know, you get a little buzz and a little high and, you know, the music's loud. You forget all about these rocks. But can I tell you, it doesn't matter how high you get. Eventually, at the end of the night, you know what you're obliged to do whenever you leave your bar stool? Pick up your rocks and take them with you, right? In fact, many times, and I've counseled with hundreds, it just adds more rocks to your soul, right? Or how about this? Relationships. We think, oh, I'm, I'm going to get some rest for my soul in relationship. If I can just find somebody that will love me as I am, right? And we go into relationships and marriage with all these wrong expectations. And can I just tell you, your spouse cannot satisfy your God-ordained needs, God alone can satisfy what you need inside. But we look to our spouse to do it anyway. And then when they don't, what is it? It's another rock for our soul. And so we think, okay, well, well, that relationship didn't work. It must be that person. So I'm going to go to another relationship. So we divorce them and we marry somebody else. And we're like, oh, my goodness, they're not meeting my needs. Maybe, maybe an extramarital relationship will do it. I mean, anything called an affair has got to be tantalizing and, and remove some rocks. No, it doesn't. It just gives you more rocks. Are you tracking with me? I mean, that's what we do as humans. We go from one thing to another thinking, okay, this success or this relationship or this drug, whatever it may be, it's going to take care of this, and it does not. It will not. It cannot. For so many of us, we're, we're like that ship, the Pelicano. You know, what's the Pelicano? What's that? It was the most unwanted ship in all the world. It wandered the sea for several years. No port was allowed. I mean, no country would allow it. It, it went from, you know, the, the um, 11 different countries. And it, it wandered from the Caribbean to West Africa. It went to the Mediterranean. It went to the Indian Ocean. And no country would let it stay there. I mean, it, they could port just long enough to refuel, and then it had to leave. 
You go, why? Why was it the most rejected and hated ship on the ocean? Well, it goes back to 1986. In Philadelphia, there was a sanitation strike for over a month in Philadelphia. And a lot of trash accumulated in one month. And so the city of Philadelphia, they tried to get rid of their trash, tried to send it to Ohio. They didn't really rejected it. Tried to send it to Georgia. They rejected it. And eventually what they did is they, they incinerated all of it, and they put all that trash into the belly of the ship, the Pelotano. 28 million pounds of scrap and ash dumped it in the belly of the ship, and it became a floating garbage dump. Megatons, tons of rotting trash, and it became toxic arsenic, lead, and nobody would allow it to port. Can I just tell you something? Some of you, you're like the Pelotano. Life has given you a bunch of rocks, a lot of trash. You know what? And uh, maybe sins of your own, maybe circumstances of life. And um, now it's becoming toxic. And now you have the fumes of anger and guilt or victimization, or fear, or bitterness, and you wander from one person to another, or one circumstance to another, and there's no rest for you, because nobody wants your trash. But I've got good news for you. Jesus Christ, he sees it all. He sees every hurt. He sees every pain. He, saw, he sees all the toxic waste of your life. And what does he do? He looks at you and says, there's safe harbor with me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. That's the promise of Jesus Christ. And, and so we've looked at the burdens. We've looked at the search. Now, jot this down. Third thing is the solution. The solution is Jesus Christ. And folks, this seems to be almost too good to be true. I mean, look at it again. Verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, bring all your burdens, bring all your rocks, bring all your false yokes that you've been living under. Bring them to me, lay them down at my feet, and watch me give you what you need. Now, this... This, again, is just too simple, right? This is too good to be true. It's refreshing. I mean, Jesus doesn't do like Buddha. It gives you, okay, here's the fourfold path to enlightenment. It doesn't do like Islam and say, okay, here's the five pillars of submission. It doesn't do like a lot of health and wealth teachers or, you know, self-help seminars. Here's ten ways to relieve the weariness. No, Jesus says, come to me. Can I tell you something? If you want to find rest, it's not in a program. It's not in a plan. It is in a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. Come to Jesus. I love the way that St. Augustine put it. He said this, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. That's the answer, folks. Now, you may go, how in the world can Jesus Christ make such an audacious claim? I'll tell you why. Because he is your creator, and he's the restorer of your soul. He's the architect of the universe, and he is the manager of your life. He was bruised to bring you healing. He died to give you life. He is risen to give you power, and he reigns to give you peace. And whenever I fall, he lifts me up. And when I fail, he forgives me. When I'm weak, he's strong. When I'm lost, he's the way. When I'm blind, he leads me. When I'm hungry, he feeds me. When I face trials, he encourages me. When I face loss, 
He comforts me, and when I face death, he brings me home. Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, offers you what you are looking for. Jesus is the answer. Come to Jesus. So what's the answer? It's a real, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You've heard me say this hundreds of times. Christianity is not about a set of rules. It's about a living, true relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you will walk with Jesus Christ in that relationship, you will find rest for your soul. So you go, okay, what does that relationship look like? Well, there's two things Jesus says in this text. Jot this on your outline. Number one, take up the yoke of Jesus. You got to take up the yoke of Jesus. Now, you may say, what about it, Pastor Tony? You just told me that I lay down my rocks at Jesus' feet. I take all my yokes and I lay them at Jesus' feet. You're telling me I got to take up the yoke of Jesus? You're telling me that I got to pick up a burden? I'm not telling you that. Jesus is telling you that. Look at how Jesus says this, verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you. In your outlines, in your Bibles, circle the word yoke. What, what is a yoke? A yoke is something that holds you steady, right? It's, it's a burden, yeah. But listen, can I tell you something? Every one of you are living under a yoke already. Every one of you, you have several yokes that you are already living under. And Jesus says, examine what you're living under and then examine my yoke. You know what my yoke looks like? It is light and easy. Look at it. Look at what Jesus says, verse 30. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, you're already living under a false yoke, and it's tearing you up. Live under my yoke. You go, well, how is Jesus' yoke light and easy? Well, the yoke is, you see here, it's a, it's a double yoke. And, and back then, the farmer, what he would do, he would take an older, more experienced oxen, he'd put it on one side, and then he'd have a novice oxen on the other. And the novice oxen, you know, didn't know what to do, but you had the stronger oxen that did most of the work and understood what was going on, and the younger oxen, all it had to do is just walk alongside the other oxen. And so that's all Jesus is saying. Will you enter the yoke with me? I'm doing most of the work here. I'm carrying it. All I want you to do is just Walk in step with me. That's all it is. The Christian life can be summarized by those words, taking a walk with Jesus. That's it. Just walk beside me. And when you do, I'll give you the life that you need for every circumstance you walk through. I love how the Apostle Paul puts this in Galatians. Galatians 2.20, Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus said, you don't have to strive. You don't have to work and try harder. No, the life is in me. But what does that mean? That means that independent Tony has to enter the yoke. See, a lot of people, they're like, I want my independence. I'm not going to be yoked to Jesus. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to, I'm going to be free. No, you're not. You are living under some yoke, somebody's yoke, and Satan will drive you down. The only way you walk free is if you're walking with Jesus Christ. So you learn to walk with Jesus right beside him. Several weeks back, I was overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with all the circumstances in our culture, overwhelmed of church and expectations, all the things. And I was just, man, I was just, I had all these loads. And I was, Susan and I, we were talking, we were praying together, and 
she said, you know what, Tony, why don't we just go to um, Enterprise South, you know, the, the walk, you know, the park there, and let's just walk around there and let's just pray. And I don't know how long we were there, but we were there, just, we just walked and prayed and talked, and I told Jesus about everything going on, and I submitted to him and his yoke, and I, just, I was just walking with Jesus for a couple hours. And can I tell you something? I had peace that was just unbelievable. I mean, all the burdens, all the stresses that I've been carrying for months, suddenly it all just vanished away, and I experienced the life and the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. Why? All because I just took a walk with Jesus. That's all Jesus is saying. He's saying, will you enter the yoke with me and take a walk, right? you got to take on Jesus' yoke. But then there's a second thing Jesus says, and it's this. Jot this down. You learn from Jesus. You got to learn from Jesus. You got to learn the character and nature of Jesus. If you're going to walk beside Jesus, you're going to learn what Jesus is like, right? Look at it, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Now, again, think about this. Farmers, where they have a double yoke, have the more experienced oxen on one side, you have the novice oxen on another. Why? Because the novice oxen, he doesn't know the commands of the farmer. He doesn't know the, the ways of the master. And so he puts him next to someone who already knows. And that's what Jesus Christ says. Jesus says, walk with me. And when you walk with me, you're going to learn the ways of the Father. You're going to understand my ways. In fact, my heart's going to start becoming your heart. In fact, look at what Jesus' heart looks like. Look at it in verse 29. Jesus says, I am gentle and humble in heart. You start walking with Jesus, and over time, you know what's going to happen? Your harshness is going to be replaced with gentleness. Your pride is going to be replaced with humility. Your stress is going to be replaced with peace. Depression is going to be replaced with joy. Your striving is going to be replaced with rest. That is the promise that Jesus Christ gives to every one of his children. Come to me... (laughs) and you will find rest for your souls. When you learn to walk with Jesus, and you learn to daily abide with Jesus, and just walk with him, you know what he's going to do? He's going to give you the strength and life that you need. Do you need rest for your soul? Let me invite you. Jesus already has. Come to Jesus. Amen. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.